Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG.
Wesley understood the small hole in the ground was a deception. Terrible revelation, dressed in the clothing of a banal thing. As he crept closer to it, he knew it wasn't a simple breach in the mud, but an aperture to another world, not like one he might view through a telescope or infer from the chatter of cosmic background radiation, but one dwelling behind the inky waters of space, beyond the lighted kingdoms of suns and the places they shone upon. He knew, somehow, in those areas of the mind buried beneath the cortical stratum, that what he was about to experience was not just beyond the universe as he knew it, but entirely divorced from it. The voices agreed. Your propensity for holes in the ground has become a nuisance, Wesley. This isn't the time to resurrect that bygone curiosity of yours. The little puncture in the dirt isn't some wishing well, it's a deadfall. You need only reference your rotting family to know that. Now leave this place before that thing in the hollow decides that our insides will be a nicer place to rest. Like many times before, he knew the voices were right, as loath as he was to admit it. On the other hand, the darkness thrived on fear, depended on it even. If he was going to shy away every time its minions reared their ugly heads, what point was there of even coming to this place? He would only be helping it expand its dominion, cement its tyranny over humanity's collective consciousness, wouldn't he? Or were his motivations simply rancor or a wish to join his family? That Freudian death drive he and his colleagues used to laugh about. Without realizing it, he had stopped. As if detecting the mental conflict, his body halted, his muscles idle but ready. A rational plan began to form a logical sequence of actions that saw him returning to base and reporting what he had discovered. Soldiers would be sent to comb the area, people far better equipped to confront whatever terrible thing dwelled here than him. Surely, that was as fine a way to retaliate against the darkness, right? The vacant, plastic eyes of his remade daughter burst through the ether of his thoughts, her soul drowning somewhere in those black pool irises. His wife appeared as well, a wispy image deprived of its solid making. The thought of her being put back together followed, a shell of resin and vinyl entombing her writhing spirit, until, at last, her gaze fell upon him, empty and lost. His body began to move again, rage the motors propelling it, tears their exhaust. The voices made their discontent known. No! No, you idiot! Turn back! You'll kill us! Turn back! The voices faded, disappearing into the depths of his consciousness. He wasn't sure how. It had never happened before. It was as if a rogue wave had suddenly drowned them, plunged their vile admonishments under a sea of growing noise. Noise and whispers that sang from beneath the ground. Once he reached the small cavity in the earth, he stared at it. It was like staring at the maw of a black hole, an all-devouring void sucking in a world unfortunate enough to be caught in its orbit. There was no escape now. He was within the event horizon. The only way remaining was through. He lowered his body flush against the earth and positioned his right eye over the small vacancy 
attempting to peek into whatever strangeness was waiting on the other side. His vision was not of darkness or the lightless dinge of underground tunnels, but of the crumbling body of an antique village. Its cobblestone street was mired with debris and roaming trash, and the building and storefronts bedecking its sidewalks reflected the sullen glow of a sun that wished it could stop rising. The place was busy with pedestrians, all of whom were dressed in some sort of pre-Victorian attire. As far as Wesley could tell, the scene focused on a tall man standing amongst the crowds, a large top hat crowning his head and a bushy mustache decorating his otherwise unremarkable, pallid face. People seemed to be enamored with him, cozily sidling up to his person, as he showered onlookers with coins and smiles, each as brilliant as the other. As Wesley continued to watch the bizarre spectacle, wondering what exactly he was staring at, the voice that was once so hard to locate returned. It was hoarse now, gravelly, like the voice of a crumbling old house. It wasn't dissimilar from the haggard laughing he heard only a few minutes before, and he had a feeling they were one and the same. Laid beneath black clouds and the rains they bore, live the sullen spirits of old Hazelmore, fastened to sadness and emptied of pride. Their shadows weighed heavier than appearance belied. Then one morning arrived a strange man, Mr. Cassius Slade. He wore the sun's smile, but was somehow absent its shade. He delivered the honeyed gestures of a gracious purveyor. Resurrecting their dreams, and even becoming their mayor. But somewhere beneath the man's genteel facade, hid the black silhouette of a tenebrous god. The voice stopped, and the sight of the town began to diminish. But before oblivion could erase it, the man Wesley could only assume was Mr. Cassius Slade, the story's shady protagonist turned and faced him. Counter to the man's inferred, malicious nature, his eyes appeared glassy, sad almost, and as the scene continued to fade, so did the man's smiling mask, shifting from the beguiling grin of a deceptive bilk into the stretched and screaming countenance of a raving lunatic. His eyes rolled back and drowned in the seas of their whites, and the flesh that constrained his shrieking face seemed to tear at its edges. While the transformation occurred in disturbing silence, Wesley could still read the words spelling from the man's sundered lips. Help me. Not long after the hamlet fell to the vague blackness under the earth, a terrible howling summoned Wesley back to the surface. The shrieks were biting, like the din of saw blades chewing through wood. Stranger yet, they seemed to be coming from the mouth of a hollowed-out log only a few yards away. Icebergs formed in Wesley's blood, causing him to tremble as he crawled over to the caterwauling wood, mold and lichen clasped to the lips of its fetid maw. Though pale with the specter of fear, he managed to look inside. The sight of a giant auditorium greeted Wesley. The room glowed a warm crimson, his torchlight bled across the stone walls and the murals that clung to them. 
posh decor punctuated the right side of the room. Onyx sculptures, ornate carpets, exotic furnishings, all the signs of a decadent appetite. But the far left side of the mammoth chamber caused Wesley to gasp. Hundreds of naked men and women covered the walls, each one stitched to the next, creating a screaming patchwork of flesh and nightmare. He listened as they howled for mercy, watched as their collective cries caused the whole of the human tapestry to writhe like gossamer drapery against an open wind. In front of it all stood the ominous Mr. Cassius Slade, his shadow laying heavy upon the quilted pleas of what Wesley presumed must be the remaining citizens of Hazelmore. Of course, he didn't have to wait long for an explanation, as his guttural narrator was more than happy to oblige. The people were in love, their worries adrift, but Slade wasn't satisfied, so he offered a gift. He offered them dinner, then dances, then wine. The only condition sit at my table and dine. The townspeople oblige, growing plump in their seats, unaware the whole time of Mr. Slade's deceit. The food was poisoned, laced heavy with sleep, so he quickly began working under the shades of his keep. When the people awoke, they were attached to their kin, each a patch in a blanket, stitched together with skin. Wesley was dragged from the macabre scene and the words that sugared it, as a conflict erupted somewhere in his skull. He hadn't noticed before, but everything felt dreamy, pliable, like things were slowly unraveling, including himself. The haggard voice and the yarn it was spinning beckoned his escape, like a balloon urging him into the clouds. Alternatively, he could feel the voices trying to break through his subconscious, bubbling up like the muffled screams of drowning sailors. Their shrieks had the opposite effect, as if they were attempting to pin him to the earth to keep him from floating away. The two stalwart forces vied for Wesley's attention, and God only knew what else. But after a few short moments, his internal tenants used their home field advantage to gain the upper hand. The voices that once seemed smothered by fathoms of quieting ocean now screamed out with terrifying clarity. Run, you fool! Run! The words shattered across Wesley like broken glass, stabbing every nerve and muscle into action. Before he knew it, he was running back through the woods, the harrowing screams and flesh-embroidered amphitheater from which they echoed not far behind. The trees became withered sentinels, their gnarled fingers outstretched and daggered in an attempt to slow him down. Everywhere he looked, the bark of trees, mangles of vine, crops of settled stone, formed horrific gestalts, each assuming the shape of Mr. Slade's flesh-stitched cruel work. The narrator's croaking voice poured from the throat of every tree hollow and crack in the earth, assailing Wesley with the remainder of the twisted tale. Many pleaded for mercy, not wanting to die, 
while others demanded answers, yelling, Why, Mr. Slade? Why? The words were like bloodhounds, seeking him through the thick graveyard of undead trees. He could feel the glare of those two eyes, still wallowing in their strange, endless dark, leering at him hungrily. Unlike Mr. Slade's human tapestry, Wesley felt like the seams of his person were bursting, slipping away and trying to loose some terrible dream contained beneath. But the voices that so often terrorized him had become devilish seamstresses, stitching him back up before too much of him could fall away. His voices scorned him. Don't listen to it, you idiot! Just run! Run! For once, Wesley abided their vile demands. At least, he tried to. Each stanza seemed to have teeth, transcending their lexical prisons and sinking into the cushy, wet matter of his brain. He tried to oust the invaders, drowned them beneath a chaos of thoughts, but the poem sung through the depths like the serenade of some demonic siren. Mr. Slade just smiled, then finally he spoke. It is not your spirits I want. But your bodies I convoke. A cacophony of shrieks jarred Wesley's skull as the stowaways in his mind sought to smother the obtrusive parable. The two forces sparred on the battlefield of Wesley's mind, threatening to cut the delicate threads holding his sanity together. The storyteller's words broke through once more. You see, my god has arrived, awoken from sleep. And although he is giving, his demands are quite steep. Wesley started to feel light, wispy, as if the spiritual heft of his consciousness were somehow leaking. Likewise, his internal tormentors were losing their breath, a feat he never thought possible. Just as his legs were about to betray him, a strange kaleidoscope of light melted through the arms and fingers of the dead forest. Shadowy figures played amongst the blanched thickets, gambling like heathens to the primordial songs of gods long dead. There was an undercurrent of dread to the strange incandescence, a liquescent doom that flowed like the brackish waters of a blood-fed stream. Within it, the lyrist's voice weakened, faded, and by the time the last two verses were uttered, it was merely a whisper. My lord needs a body. For he is born riven. So it was your vessels I found. Into him I have given. Your screams will be his voice. Together they'll mesh. And to cover his bones, I have given your flesh. Wesley fell to the ground, adorned in the dressings of an alien effulgence. The light was like a glowing lullaby, somehow quelling his thoughts into a soft, incandescent oblivion. As he succumbed to the peace of it all, he looked up to see a tall man standing amid the cemetery forest, holding the strangest and brightest lantern he'd ever seen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 